0: This morning, I just want to share with you on the, a very important subject uh, that all of us need to take heed, right? In terms of uh, our Christian walk, and our Christian life, the three imperatives of the Christian life, and I want to share from uh, John chapter 15, verses one to seventeen. I do not have uh, the scriptures on the slides. Uh, this is on intention, so that you can actually look into. Uh, your physical Bible or the electronic Bible so that we can actually, you know, uh, still get in touch with the Word. I, I find that a lot of Christians today, uh, they te- depend so much on the, on, on the slides that, you know, somehow they, we, we forget how to turn uh, to the pages of the Bible, right? Particularly those smaller books, you know, the minor prophets, uh, books like Nahum, Micah, and so on and so forth, there's so little uh, chapters on it. Right? So uh, if you can, can you please turn to John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17, and we want to just uh, read it so that we can be uh, knowledgeable of God's word. <clears throat> now, if you have the late red letter edition, this particular portion of scripture is all in red. It means to say these are the words of Jesus Christ. Uh, these are the words of Jesus. John chapter 15, verses 1 to verse 17. I am the true grape wine, and my father is the gardener. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message that I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the wine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and witless. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Verse 9, I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. And when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slave. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Let's pray. Amen. Our Father, we do want to thank you this morning, dear God, that we can be gathered in your wonderful name. We thank you, dear Lord, that you are present with us by your Holy Spirit. Because, Lord, your church have given you the praise and given you the worship. And you have said in your precious word, dear God, that you dwell in the midst of the presence and the praises of your people. So, Lord, by your divine promise of your word, we know you are here moving among us. Even right now, Father, I take captives, every wandering thought, and I subject them to the obedience of Christ. And I ask, oh Lord, that you will breathe the breath of life into your precious word. The scripture declares that the letter kills, but it is the spirit that gives life. So may your word come alive in us, dear Lord, that we might abide in your precious word. We thank you. We praise you. Speak to each and every single one of us now. For we ask and we pray these in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There is greater clarity as to what should be the imperatives that should define the life of a disciple. I've been taking a long look at this passage of Scripture, particularly in chapter 15 here, which is part of the farewell discourse of Jesus Christ. If you study John chapter 15, 16 and 17, these are the final discourse or the final messages of the Lord Jesus to His church. Now, anything that is final words are very important. A person who knows that he is dying, he will issue a lot of his uh, heart's desire. He will indicate, you know, uh, how he wish to die or what will, you know, his manner of of death, you know, whether it is burial, whether it is cremation or whatever it is. And we must honour the final words of this person who is approaching death. Right? This is very, very important. So the last words of an individual is very important. The will, the last will that the person writes is very important and it is effected in law as well. Right? So it's important to have the, the, the last will uh, written so that your wishes is carried out by the living. John chapter 15 uh, John chapter fifteen. Gives us three imperatives that should shape the life of disciple that pleases God. More so right now, even as we are in living in this what we call the post-pandemic era, the pandemic has definitely revealed what is the church, who is the church, and what really is the real church. I believe with all of my might that. Jesus or God was not surprised by the pandemic. You and I were surprised by the pandemic, right? You and I were definitely caught unaware that it is coming. But definitely not God because He's all-knowing. He knows what is exactly happening. So I believe that the pandemic has actually revealed to all of us what is the church, what is the true church, who are truly the true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a great awakening in these last days to build the church and to build the people that make up the church. And so discipleship is really the last route that the church must be involved in. Now, I've been traveling quite a bit. Ever since restrictions have been removed, I've been traveling, you know, north, south, east, west, you know, locally as well as internationally. In fact, I've just came back from Melbourne. I was one month in Melbourne, uh, speaking in four different churches, teaching in a Bible school. Uh, and, uh, And there is a great awakening among the church today to move into strong disciple making. It is therefore now for you and I to wake up and no longer play church. I say it again. It is now the time for you and I to wake up and not to play church anymore. It is now that we need to demonstrate and to show our loyalty and our love for Jesus. When Jesus comes back, He's not coming back for followers, He's coming back for disciples. The Lord has given to us the great commission to go into all the world and make disciples of those that respond our message so therefore our responsibility our last task before he returns is to make as many disciples as possible yes it is important for us to preach the gospel and to get people saved, but that's not where we stop at we must pursue helping these individuals that respond to the gospel To become a disciple Because when Jesus comes He's coming for disciples He's coming for an adult church He's coming for a church that is fully grown And have grown in Him Alright So it gives us three very important imperatives uh, In the life of a disciple Number one We must remain in Christ Verse 4 is very clear we must remain in Christ, okay? And in remaining in Christ, we must indicate, we must show, we must demonstrate, we must manifest fruits in our life, all right? In order to see whether a tree, a tree is really fruitful, we look for the fruits, is it true? If you plant a rambutan seed in your garden, in some time or in some months or even years to come, you wish to see it bear fruit. Is it true? Alright? And of course, when you plant a rambutan seed, you expect a rambutan tree. You know, you cannot expect uh, a rambutan seed to produce a mango tree. Alright? It, it will produce or it has to produce a rambutan fruit for us. So remaining in Christ means to say we must be faithfully attached to the Lord. We must be faithfully attached to the vine and to draw nourishment from the vine. The branch is only healthy as long as it is strongly attached to the stem, is it true? to the vine? yeah because you draw nourishment. The stem itself, the, the, the tree itself goes you know uh, goes right down to the roots and that's where the nourishment, the nutrients are ex- extracted from the groundwards. And the nutrients are distributed to the branches and that's where you become or you demonstrate your health through green leaves and through flowers and through fruits and so on and so forth. We shouldn't be surprised that the first concern for a disciple is that he or she should have a vital relationship with his or her primary disciple, that is Jesus himself relationship with jesus is primary in our growth in our demonstration of who we belong to our relationship must grow just as an individual if you are married to your wife it is not how many years you are married that determines the health of your marriage no it is dependent on how closely you are related to your spouse that helps you to grow. Yeah? Doesn't mean that you're 10 years married, that you are healthy. You can be 10 years married, but if you are not growing in your relationship, you are not knowing each other. Alright? I have been married to my wife for 42 years, in the ministry for 42 years, because we were classmates in Bible school. We got married 10 days after graduation. And so every time we celebrate our anniversary, you know, for ministry, is also our anniversary for our marriage, all right? We just, in fact, uh, uh, on, the, on the 6th of December, we just celebrated our 42nd uh, wedding anniversary, all right? Now, until today, after 42 years married to her, I still do not fully understand her why she needs to comb her hair when she goes to sleep. Until today. I tell her, I said, you are going to sleep anyway. Yo. You're going to mess up your hair anyway. Why you need to comb your hair? And she looks at me, she smiles and she says, Stanley, you don't have to fully understand why I need to comb my hair every night. And she's been doing that for 42 years. Every night she combs her hair and then she goes to sleep. She said, all you have to do is just keep loving me. Just keep loving me. And so, praise God, I've been learning to love her not fully understanding why she needs to comb her hair. All right? So love is the, uh, is the initial essence and ingredient we must have in a relationship. Do we truly love Jesus? And if we truly love Jesus, it must be indicated, demonstrated and shown by our love for the word. Why? Because the word is his love letter to us. So if you say you love Jesus and you aren't reading the Word, then you're not really understanding this important relationship. Right? In the initial days, right, in, in, in my courtship with my wife, I write her a letter a day. Can you remember? You know, when she goes back, you know, from uh, holidays, you know, she's from Alostar, she's not from KL, I'm from KL, right? When she goes back to her home church in Alostar, I will write her a letter a day. Until the postman even knows her name. You know, the postman will go and she will call, you know, you know her, her name and hence the letter to her every day. And when I want to call her, I would send her a telegram. Those days telegram. Now no more lah. Now email lah, WhatsApp lah, whatever it is. But those days, you know, she, she doesn't have a landline at home. So I would actually send her a telegram and I said, I'm going to call you tonight. Can you go to church? The only the church has a landline. So she goes to church early, ready to receive my call from her. So a letter a day, and she would read that letter. And I would express you know, myself to her you know, uh, 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 through the letter. And likewise, In the same manner, to understand how God loves you, to understand the heart of God, you must read His word, His love letter. You cannot say you love God and you are not reading His Word. Hello? Because the Word of God is the counsel of God. It's the wisdom of God. It's the instruction of God. Yeah? So how much God sees whether you truly love Him is by how much you are reading His Word, how much you are understanding His Word, how much you are following His Word, how much you are obeying His Word. Yeah? So, the word, the measure of your understanding of the word is the measure of your love for Him today. Okay? <clears throat> we can see the call to remain in Christ as a call to remain loyal to Christ. So, we remain in Christ By reading His Word, by loving His Word, and it is an indication of our loyalty. Our loyalty. That means our faithfulness. Our faithfulness to Him. We are to obey His Word and to love His people. And indeed, one way that we express our love for Christ is by loving His people. So if you say you love God, but you do not love the people of God, Then you truly do not understand what love of god is all about are you hearing me if you say you truly love god then you must learn to love the people of god because the word of god directs us by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another that is john chapter 13. is it true all right. Those early days when I was a youngster and I was safe in the Christian fellowship in, in my school in Salle, PJ. We used to sing this beautiful uh, uh, chorus in the inter-school Christ Ambassadors, the ISCA, By this shall our men know you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. So your love for God is demonstrated by your love for one another. It is an indirect responds to God's love that you begin to love His people. How do people know, how do the people in this community know that you truly love God? When you love one another. Your love for each other is a reflection of the love of Jesus. It's a reflection of the love of Jesus. And so we don't need to really, you know, uh, do much advertisement or publicity for God. The publicity is our love for one another. Hello. The publicity and our promotion of Christ is our love for for one another. Whether there is unity, whether there is concern, and so forth. And that's the reason why it is so powerful when you begin to demonstrate your love for one another through community works. One of the most important uh, 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 exercises during the Christmas season is how you care for the community. Alright? How you care for the community and how the church comes together as one to care for the community. Alright? The people see good works as a reflection of God. And we must do a lot of that during this particular season. The world is very, very attracted to Christ during this particular season. And it's the easiest to attract people to to the house of god to the church to jesus during this particular season okay i saw i saw that group you know uh, uh going to guamu Musang you know uh caroling in the streets and that is a fantastic testimony of jesus you know uh, uh and so so far i i used to travel I, i'm still traveling to kotabaru to to speak to uh to the ag church on a regular basis at least two or three times uh a year i would go there. you know and um, And it's a great testimony, you know, to to share Christ in that uh, Muslim community, right. And so, uh, we obey His Word by loving one another. We love, we express, we demonstrate our love for God, for one another, you know, when we as a church are united as one. Amen. The second imperative here that we see is that we need to love one another. John chapter 13 uh, 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 verses 13 to 17. <clears throat> so it is the call to love one's fellow disciples. The chapter contains the declaration by Jesus that he, calls, uh, uh, that he calls his disciples friends. And he goes on to define friendship. That is the willingness to lay down one's life for one's Friend, can you imagine God calling you and I His friend? Wow, that is uh, that is I I I think one of the highest you know uh, 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 terminology that, that God can ever uh, say to me. He calls me a friend, right? And 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 notice that He has also demonstrated His His friendship towards us when He came and laid down His life for you and I. The scripture declares that while we were still the enemies of God, He came to die for us. Can you imagine we were enemies of God? In fact, who is the one that ought to be hung to the cross? It is you and I, not Jesus. He did no wrong. He was tried before Pontius Pilate. He was tried before some of the, uh, some of the uh, 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 nobles of the day and, and they found no sin in Him, no fault in this man. And yet He went to the cross for you and I. When actually, you and I should be the one that should be hung on the cross. Because we have done so much of bad things and evil. But yet, He took our place on the cross. Hallelujah. What a friend we do have in Jesus. <clears throat> you operate for me please i don't think I'm not able to, have to. okay we he would go to the i think it's he would go on to model true friendship by dying on the cross for his friends and he expects that his followers would love each other in imitation of his sacrificial friendship so the highest demonstration of friendship is when one goes to sacrifice his love for, for, for another, all right? And, and, and when, when my wife and I do premarital counselling, one of the most important questions that we ask to the couple when they come before us for premarital counselling is that I would direct it to the, to the future husband. I say, are you willing to love your future wife to the extent that you will die for her? And then, you know, some of, some of them will be so astounded, ah. Why are you asking such a terrible question? you know we 're not even married yet, but now you're asking me whether I can, I'm willing to die for her all right and I ask that is because the demonstration of love or God or Jesus calls the love that he demonstrated for us on the cross as agape love, the self sacrificial love in other words, it is demonstrated by your uh, the way you Are willing to even die in her place, and the best example is that when you are crossing the road, and if there is a, a, a a a a huge vehicle, a truck or a lorry that comes into your path, you know, and you know that you know your wife is going to be knocked down, you know, if she continues in that pathway. And by your act of sacrifice, you would push her away from the pathway of that huge vehicle and you would die in her place. That would be the highest demonstration of sacrificial love. How many of us are willing to do that? And Jesus has done that for us. When you and I should be the one that go to the cross. But instead he went for us. So are you willing to die for the one that you truly love. That's what agape love is all about. Alright? Sacrificial love. Okay? We need to note note that his basic group of disciples consisted of 12 people. And while we are to be open to help All, the nature of true friendship is such that it takes place in the smaller groups where people have the opportunity to know each other. Now this is important. This is important for you to note that while we are to be friends with each other, that love or that concentration of love must be expressed in a smaller group. And that's why it's very imperative for you to go into a small group setting find a cell group find a group where you sense belonging and attach yourself to it and grow in it develop friendship in that cell group in that grouping do you not know that during the pandemic it was really the cell group that brought survival to the church Do you know that in every church that I, that I go to, to minister, right after the restrictions were, were lifted, I talked to members, I talked to Christians. I said, what actually sustained you? And many of them, I can tell you very safely, 85 to 90% of those, you know, that talked to me, they expressed that it was really the cell group, the care, the love, and the demonstration of of you know of uh, 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 of that kinship was demonstrated through the cell group all right of course you know most of our cell groups were restricted to zoom meetings and so and so forth but now with the, uh with, with with you know with, with us you know being able to gather together we should actually honestly abandon the zoom we should honestly abandon the zoom why Because relationship is basically face-to-face. Relationship basically is one-to-one. And the best way of relationship, whether you like it or not, is makan. Hello? Makan. Do a Bible study on food fellowship. You'll be surprised that Jesus spent a lot of time eating. So it is a very spiritual exercise, do you know that, to eat? All right, Because when you eat, all your defenses, all your defense mechanism goes down. The enemy becomes your friend at the meal table. You know that? Everybody's defenses is down when you're eating. Right? So a meal fellowship is the best form of connection. It's the best form of developing relationship. It's the best form to demonstrate your love for one another. Well, of course, let that not be the primary motive for your gathering. All right, the meal should be one of the ingredients, but not the main thing. Don't make that the main thing. But it is important. It is important and vital that we have time together to eat. Notice that even you know in the how no matter how busy Jesus was. Jesus always had time to meet and to eat. While he was going to the home, you know, of the, of the rich ruler's uh, servant who was dying, or not, not servant, the servant, the, the daughter who was dying, he could actually stop and looked up at the sycamore tree and ask Zacchaeus to come down. All right? And he told Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house, all right, to fellowship with you. I'm coming to your house. Important. No matter even though you may have an important task to do, we must not forget to spend time in fellowshipping with one another. Alright? So it, it is important. That's part of pastoral care as well. Alright? Even right now, ever since the restrictions were were lifted, I meet with one of my fellow pastor friends every week, at least once a week over a meal either uh, breakfast brunch or lunch i meet to connect with him or with her you know if it's a her i will bring my wife along is so that we get to know each other encourage each other exhort each other and to pray for one another one of the most important thing you know is to connect is to make that connection Right, to make that connection so as to show and to demonstrate that we really care and to love one another. What is? How does a child uh, 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 you know, understand love? When you spend time, is it true? Time to a child or love to a child is your time. If you can give time to your son, to your daughter, it shows that you love them so don't, don't say you know oh, i only give quality time right? you know uh, the 5 minutes i give is so precious don't bluff yourself 5 minutes cannot develop a relationship all right don't bluff yourself you need more than 5 minutes you need not just quality time you need quantity time all right how much of quantity time are you spending with each other very very important To do that. And finally, the third important uh, imperative is to bear fruit that lasts. I'm not getting this, okay? Bear fruit that lasts. In the first imperative, It connects a disciple with God. And the second imperative connects one with fellow disciples. But the third imperative connects a disciple with God's work in the world. Are you understanding this? The first imperative connects a disciple with God. The second imperative, the first imperative what is to remain in Christ. Isn't it true? All right. Uh, The second imperative is to love one another. It connects you with a fellow disciple. While the third imperative connects you as a disciple with God's work in the world. Right? The fruit that we are to bear is not made explicit in this chapter, but if Jesus is our model for mission bearing, fruit should include who we are, what we do, and what we say. The fruit's that you and I to are uh, to bear is to include who we are. So if we are a church, then we must show who is the church and what is the church. right? And what we do as a church and what are we saying as a church. We must walk the talk. If you say you are a church, then you must demonstrate to the world that you are the church. And if we are the church, we are to love everybody who is outside of the church. Michael Jackson's song says, red or yellow, black and white. We must love every single one. Our care and our love for the people must not be restricted by the color of the skin, must not be restricted by the religion and the belief of the people. I thank God that the church responded very well during the pandemic. How many remember the white flag movement? Alright? We didn't care who raised the white flag. Whether it is an M that is raising it, or whether it is an Indian, or whether it is a Chinese, or a Eurasian. As long as we see a white flag, we go in and we help them. Another incident where you know, the church responded very well was during the floods, the killer floods in Sha'alam, Taman Sri Muda, where literally, you know, hundreds and thousands were displaced. And the first individuals that responded to help was the church. And we didn't care who the people were, we just went in and just helped them to remove the mud, help them to repaint their homes, help them to remove damaged furnitures, and even help them to raise funds to you know, to, to, to buy in fixtures and, 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 and furniture and so on and so forth for these homes. So, who we are, what we do and what we say will show to the world, demonstrate to the world who we really is. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have no, you know, uh, uh, inkling for a for, for particular group that we want to help. As long as they need help. We are there to help. Can I hear amen? Praise God. This is the responsibility that God has given to each and every one of us. We need to bear the fruit. Uh, I'm just, I'm just not getting, okay. We need to bear the fruit of Christ-like character. We need to bear fruit by doing things to salt and light the world to salt and to light the world. Salt is to what? Salt is to preserve. Salt is to preserve our food from rotting. Salt is to preserve our fruit from, food from corrupting. As a salt of the world, we are to, to, be, to, to have this preservation power to preserve the world from rotting, from going from bad to worse. All right, And as light, we are supposed to show the way. What is light supposed to do? Shine the path. Thy word is the lamb unto my feet and the light unto my path. Only when you shine the light on the path that you're walking on, then can you see whether you're walking on rocky ground, you know, whether you're walking on, on shaky ground. So, light is the point and to give direction to those who are in darkness. This is what we are supposed to be, church. All right? In fact, John Stott says this. We should not ask what is wrong with the world, for that diagnosis has already been given. Rather, we should ask what happened to salt and light. So John's thought redirects the question. He says, we should direct it to ourselves. What has happened to salt and light? What has happened to us as a church? Okay? Hard times reveal who we are hard times reveal the state and the condition that we are in right now okay we do not bear fruit alone it is because we are connected to christ and in community with other disciples that we are able to bear fruit for christ yeah we do not bear fruit alone It is because we are connected to Christ. Who is Christ? Christ is our wine. Christ is that that vital personality that we draw our nourishment and our strength. As long as we are strongly attached to Jesus, that's where our strength and our hope is. Right? Amen? As long as we are holding dear to our heart, our belief in what Christ is saying, who we are, we have our hope and we have our message. It's, and that's what we are supposed to do during this Christmas season. Our message of hope must go out strong into this world. Yeah? And we are to be in community with other disciples that we are able to bear fruit for the Lord Jesus Christ. The COVID pandemic has forced us to revisit many things, including what it means to be church, and how we are to follow Christ. And there are many things that we ought to be doing, but these are three basic imperatives of the Christian life that we must do in order to please God. To remain in Christ, to love one another, and to bear fruit that will last. Church, I remind you again, The imperative that Christ has left us in his last discourse. John 15 is one of his last discourses. Remain in him. Remain in him. Love one another. And also, all right, and also to bear fruits for him is his last words to us. And these are special words that we must take heed, that we must not forget. It is His last will, alright? His last will, His heart's desire. And we are, with the strength of God, you know, we are to ensure that this is carried out. This is carried out by you and I in receiving His last will for us. We need to recommit ourselves to these three discipleship imperatives as we ask the Lord to show us how we ought to be doing it today as well as we ask the Lord for His strength to do so. Hallelujah. Praise God. And even this morning as we close, I ask you once again even to pause for a moment and to pray and to ask the Lord God Almighty to help you to re-examine your walk with the Lord? Are you attaching yourself strongly to this vine of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you staying close to Him? Are you remaining in Him? Are you demonstrating your loyalty to Him by reading His Word? I think the best indication that you can ever show that you love Him is to read his His Word, His love letter. Are you still hearing His counsel? listening to his counsel, doing things that will really please him. Because in so doing, you show that you truly love the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. sharabari andarabaka, sikirirya andarabaka, shandarabariya andarabai hallelujah jesus church do you not know that actually today is really the last sunday of the year where you will hear um, the message because next sunday is christmas the whole scenario changes today is really the last sunday that you are hearing the message, the last message of the year. Because come Christmas, our attention is focused on bringing hope to those who are around us. We pray that next week, the prodigal will return. Because we know that every Christmas, there will be Christians that would never attend church but would actually attend on Christmas Day. They will be the nominal Christian that would suddenly appear in church. You'll never see them 366, 364 days in a year, but on Christmas Day, they will turn up. I want to say this to you, brothers and sisters. The last words of Jesus to you. He says to you, remain in me. Stay closely attached to me. Read my word. Follow my instructions. Obey me. And then he also says to us, As you remain in me and my words remain in you, then show your love for one another. Demonstrate your love for one another by caring for each other. Because by your love for one another you demonstrate to the world you show to the world that indeed the church is united. That indeed the church is one. And finally He says to us will you bear fruit that will last? Will you bear fruit that will show to the world that I am giving hope that I'm giving direction that I am preserving this world through the salt that I find in each of us preserving corruption preserving law and order and making this world effectively safe for all to live in as every head is bowed and every eye is closed the Lord is speaking to us and saying to us and challenging to us once more will you love me will you stay faithful to me and to remain loyal to me hallelujah every head is bowed every eyes closed can i just give a challenge to each and every one of us here to walk faithfully before the lord and this morning. As i close you are saying to me pastor stanley thank you for the word thank you for the word to remind me even as this is the last message of the year i want to recommit myself to walk faithfully in the lord jesus christ i want to recommit myself to bear fruit for him i also want to recommit myself to love my fellow brothers and sisters in him i want to stay faithful loyal and I want to care for my brothers and sisters in Him.